Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Speak Out Loud podcast. We are so glad you're joining us again today, and we are excited to record. This is a really special day for mm-hmm. Stacy and me, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute, but thank you for joining us on uh, this day. Yes. Um, before we get started today, though, Doug, one thing that I really wanted to do was thank everybody who has liked, shared, listened, um, re-listened. We've had people listening over and over, which is so appreciated about our last episode, Brain on Fire. It was episode 41. And uh, going into that, we knew that it could be received well, or maybe not so much. And fortunately, uh, y'all just did an amazing job of showing us that we were obedient to God in that um, in that episode, and we just couldn't be more thankful for you. Something that I found with the last podcast is that we can have two things coexist, and I didn't know this, but you can have fear and peace at the same time, because I was so nervous about that one, and I'm still nervous that it's out there, but I'm getting more used to it, but also that God can usher in a peace, and so we couldn't be more thankful for that. I couldn't be more thankful for that. I think the biggest thing was is just um, kind of in a not linear way, uh, getting to the end of, you know, we can say anything. We can be convicted of anything. But in our lives, when it all comes down to it, we've got to funnel it through what God is doing in our lives. And so I feel like that's exactly what we did. It started with him. And at the end of the podcast, it was even more so glorifying him. And that's exactly what we want to do. That doesn't always look like, like we say kind of often, this is how I was. This is how I was healed, where I was, the date of that healing and everything. And now this has been my life since. And it's been just absolutely miraculous. Well, it has been miraculous because I'm still here and we're still married and our girls are precious and wonderful and they have been so good to us. But also, it's just been amazing because God has carried us through every moment of every day. And that's one of the main things I wanted us to emphasize on the last podcast of The Brain on Fire is that our story, my story does not in any way resemble a flat, straight line of following, you know, what God's wanted us to do. And I feel like he blesses that by uh, really increasing our days and the meaningfulness of our days. And for that, I couldn't be more thankful. It's a very unconventional story, not on purpose. Um, We're not trying to say, you know, this is what it looks like so that we can have a different edge it just is this way. And so thank you for letting me be honest and for letting me be shared with other people in your lives, even if you couldn't really identify. And also, I just want to say thank you for being teachable. We really want to be able to, in our non-professional way, just out of walking it out and living it out, pour into your lives hope, hope that we have in Jesus, and also the days that we don't see hope. Those are two really big things for us. And one of the things that I love about being married to you, Doug, is that you show hope for me in the days where I can't see it. And uh, and we have friends and other family members who do that as well. They're so faithful to not change their story of 
reliance on God, but to stay faithful to exactly him and what he is doing in their lives. And maybe that seems a little less confusing to me than looking at my life and um, the journey that I've been on, that we've been on, that our girls have been on with us and, and some friends and some family. So thank you so much. Um, we love you guys. And I just wanted to say that before we even got started today. We felt like it was a very special episode leading into that. I remember when we were editing it, Stacey, I think I leaned over and talked to you and said, I think our first two years of podcasting has kind of led up to that episode yeah. where not not in that, oh, it was like we rolled out all this stuff that no. we had been building up, but mm-hmm. I think God was preparing us for two years to to release that episode. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that's interesting is I th- we've gotten so much feedback from people encouraging us in, in so many different ways. It's interesting how this episode has kind of crisscrossed with so many different people's stories in so many different facets of their life that I'm just really thankful. So we want to thank everybody for their feedback and for their encouragement. Stacy, I just want to again, you know, thank you. It was it was maybe the most vulnerable episode we've done. And I think at the end, if if you've not heard it yet, if you've not listened the last 10, 15 minutes, I, I just really felt a bit of like in some ways I was on holy ground, kind of sitting there a little bit of my interaction, but really recording, listening, being a part of that conversation between you and Phoebe, um, just discussing and talking about God's provision, God's love, God's mercy, God's God carrying us through, but really also God's promise too that we have to look forward to, and and that's the that's the source of the hope that we talk about. That's the source of the hope of what not only can make our days better here, but also really when on those hardest of days. I think you said it best. It's what you're banking your life on. It's not just a fragile hope. It Mm -hmm. is a rock solid hope of what not only this future, but a future eternity looks like a future eternity without borderline personality disorder and without mental illness. And I, I long for that day for you. And I'm so thankful for the days we have here. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. And I love what you just said, Stacy, when you said there's, it's not a straight line story. I was doing a bit of a writing exercise about a week ago and starting, I just wrote down a date that actually was for us. If you go back and listen to our pilot, we, we talk about there's a specific date we really look at and know that's the beginning of our, of your recovery journey. It's not the beginning date of your mental illness journey, but it's the beginning date of the recovery journey. And I kind of just wrote that. I wrote that date down. Basically I, I asked myself this question on paper how did we get here from there? Mm-hmm. And the very first thing that came up was this image in my head of it's just a <laughs> almost like a, a kindergartner coloring on a piece of paper. It's just yeah. like things everywhere. And I thought, it's not a straight line. Mm-hmm. But then it hit me, God doesn't need a straight line story. God mm-hmm. doesn't need that. We often want that. I know I often want that. I would have loved to be able to just chart out year over year, okay, here's the straight line of how things have progressed, how you've gotten better, how how we have grown as a couple, how all these things just kind of matured over all this time. But there was no way even to to draw it out in any any form or fashion. And as I felt like, you know, why did I want that so bad? I wanted it in some ways. I don't know if I wanted it that bad, but I wanted it in some ways because I think in some ways a straight line story 
one, it's clean. It's not messy. We can get our arms around it maybe. But also, I sensed a little bit of a little bit of pride in that. It's almost like if it's a straight line story, it's almost like, well, God, we needed you to give us a push just to get us over the hump, but then we can take it from here. Mm-hmm. And, and that's nothing, nothing can be further from the truth than that. And the, the, the lack of a straight line, I think, just reveals at every step of the way we've needed God. God's carried us through. God's seen us through some difficult times. And what I can't go back and even rationally explain how we got from there to here God says it. I don't. I don't need an explanation. Yeah, because I got you there. I think sometimes I've gone through phases in my life where I've really had to fight jealousy and people who can get up and say, or write about, and and have page after page of this is where I was and I'm not there anymore. And I can say that honestly, I'm not where I was, but that's used to be all people wanted to hear. And I think as a Christian community. And as a just a people of, as a whole, have really come far from that. I think we've just grown in depth. I think we have longed for honesty and community, because when we do isolate and feel like you know what, I'm the only one who doesn't have a straight line story, it can be very difficult to be in the same room as that person. While I know that what like you use the terminology clean, it can be. Um, I also feel like it's incredibly important for us to stay true to what we know. Thank you for allowing that to happen in our podcast and our nonprofit and our book and all the things, Doug and God. So if you don't have a straight line story, you're at the right place. Exactly. Exactly. Because that's us. It can make people uncomfortable, but um, I'm willing to go there in order to make you know that you're not the only one and let's not pretend it's not necessary. You're definitely not the only one. And Stacy, I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. that today is a very special day. Yes. And so um, mm-hmm. today, not the day we are releasing it, but the day we're recording it, mm-hmm. this is our 30th anniversary. It is. And you asked me earlier, how many days has that yeah. been? And For I you, thought, I asked that. So that <laughs> it kind of validate your exhaustion. <laughs> no, not at all. I think I said, but who's counting, right? Mm-hmm. But I think we came up with what? 10,000. We were trying to figure out the right number of leap years, but yeah. 10,958 days. days. But who's yes. counting? At times it's necessary. Yeah. <laughs> and here's the 10,958 more, right? Yeah. But hey, we, what we wanted to do today is we had talked about, and we've, we've talked about this a little bit last year, is the idea of doing a podcast where um, the theme is here's how it happened. And we picked mm-hmm. maybe a, a season of our life, something that happened to us, and we just shared a little bit about that. And so we were headed down that path, and today we decided to do a little bit of that format, but really to talk about instead of here's how it happened, here's how we got here Yeah. as best as we can figure it out. Mm-hmm. There's been certain things in my life that I've wondered, how in the world did, did we get there? How in the world did we make that happen? One was getting our girls through college financially. I mean, I'm sure I could go back or an accountant could go back. I, I probably couldn't do it and figure out, just how it happened, mm-hmm. but I can still stay sometimes later in bed and like, God, how did, how did you do that? How did you help us get our girls through college? Mm-hmm. But not because of their studies, but because of our finances. Mm-hmm. And um, the Lord made it happen. Somehow it's happened. They both have degrees. And uh, yeah, we're, we're moving on from there. I and think often our question hasn't been why us. It's been more like how? 
How? Yeah. So this is more us than yeah. we're not really people who stop and go, why, why, why? And, and everything, but more of God help us to retry, trace some of these steps so that that way we can recount and share your faithfulness and yeah. your mercy to us. So that's kind of what we're going to do for the next few minutes. Yeah. I like that. Well, I, I think that's a great place to start Stace, because I think if we look back over the last, you know, 30 years of our marriage and we think about how did we get here and if you're new to the podcast, you're, you're jumping into a place where we've talked a lot about a, a many, many, many year uh, mental illness journey and recovery journey, Stace, that you've, that you've been on, that I've been a part of with you as your husband. Right. If you've not heard some of the depth of that story, really any of the episodes you can go back and listen to, but certainly even our, our pilot, our first episodes, we, we try to tell a little bit of the narrative to kind of even set the stage for some of the discussion we've had mm-hmm. along the way. And, and that maybe give a, a few more specifics if someone's interested. But as I look back, I, I think, you know, first and foremost, and you can't get away from it, and we've, we've been talking about it some, but I think it's two things. It's God's rescue, mm-hmm. and it's his love that's loved us beyond failure, beyond mistakes, beyond our brokenness, beyond the no straight line. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't look at the last 30 years. You can't, we can't look at our lives and say there's any other explanation for how we're here today mm-hmm. than that right there. That's exactly true. As I was preparing and looking through notes in order to get ready for this episode, one of the things that I kept going to and thinking of more than even my journey in mental illness and, and all the diagnoses and everything was how you've handled them, Doug. So I guess that my perspective is a little bit more of my view watching you and your view might be watching me instead of only going internal. But I think of the verse in Lamentations 3, I believe it's 22 through 24, the verses that I'm really focused on lately. And it talks about the fact that the Lord can only be our portion. And I think when we first got married, we were thinking, okay, we'll fill each other up 100% because we're going to each do this 100%, your part, my part. So it's going to be totally fair, and that's going to look very appealing, and we're just going to go along like that. But quickly after we got married, we realized that that wasn't what it's going to look like at all. And a matter of fact, I can remember times of wanting you to fill my cup with, and you be my portion, Doug. And quickly I realized that that wasn't even going to be okay because you are a human, you are a man. And as wonderful as you are, that was never meant to be. And so I think of the fact that God has been your portion and that when I've leaned into you, I've still needed him to be my portion. And I think that's what's made you stand taller than anything in our marriage and when our girls look at you. And then also just in the example you set as a godly husband to those who may be looking into the four walls of our house. The fact that you have seen God as your portion, not not me, I feel like has really benefited all of us. It's helped us, helped us to get one step further into our journey than perhaps we would have had number one, we not known the Lord. And number two, you look to me and I only look to you. It's not, that's not good. That's not how it's supposed to be. And we've lived that and we've had to change. Sure. Oh, I think there's been lots of growth. And I think of all the ways where I I felt like I completely, you know, wanting to be 
you know, someone that had resources to not only just, you know, in normal life to carry our family, to, to support our family, but also Stacy along this way in our journey. There's so many places where I feel like when we came to the end of our resources, when we came to the end of our rope, if you will, it's that every time God has met us there. Mm-hmm. And, and I can think back to a number of specific occasions where um, I can just look at it, looking back now 30 years into this and think, again, how did, how did that not crush us? How did that not destroy us? Mm-hmm. And in every moment, it's that God didn't leave us alone. God didn't give up on us, even I think when we gave up on ourselves. Oh, yeah. And when others probably would have given up on us. Mm-hmm. And maybe even when we were tempted to give up on each other, God didn't give up on us. And and that, I think, has been so core in holding us together. But it's I keep coming back to that, that idea that he met us there. Mm-hmm. I, I have some specific things in mind. I mean, you know, I can remember just almost that time when we began the recovery journey and feeling like, you know, I had nothing, I had no resources. Mm-hmm. I had no ability to swim in those waters of mental illness. I had nothing that was, you know, that was going to float to throw you. And yet in that moment of desperation, God met us there. Yeah, I'm so thankful for that. And first and foremost, there's probably no other explanation. And I think most, most married couples that have made it as far as we have can look back and say, you know, there's been times along the way where hopefully from a spiritual perspective, they're looking at it and saying, we wouldn't be here today if it weren't for God doing X, if, mm-hmm. if for God doing this thing in our life or this thing over and over in our life. Mm-hmm. And, and that's certainly our story. You know, one thing I would add to Stacy, I think that is, that is so critical just to how did we get here? It's been your commitment to recovery and and in so many stories we hear from others in some other places, I know that that's not always the case. It's that it can be a real challenge for, for families that walk the mental illness journey to have such a commitment to recovery. And I really, as I was jotting down reasons why we're here today, I think that's, that's a, another core reason is that it's not been perfect again, no straight lines, but even when you've fallen down, even when you've grown weary, even when you know things became very, very difficult, you haven't given up. And, and even going back to the beginning of this process, you walked through some really scary times where you had to trust others to have your best interest at heart. Not, I'm not even talking about me. I'm talking about medical professionals, therapists, mm-hmm. others to, to um, help you jump into that river of recovery, if you will. And you did that. And a lot of people, I think, struggle with that or struggle with staying committed to it. And so I just want to give you credit and tell you, I think that's been a huge part of just how we're here today and where we are 30 years into this has been, you've been very committed to recovery and you've just not quit. So even in those moments, Stacy, where you felt like you wanted to give up or you felt like you did give up, I think in those times, it's another one of those places where God met us there. Mm-hmm. God met us there. God ran to us in those moments and mm-hmm. truly carried you, carried us when we couldn't carry ourselves. Yeah. Something kind of that I've shared, not necessarily on the podcast before, but on social media in different ways, is that I really feel like that 
when we ask God, do you want me to fight in this moment or do you want me to rest in this moment? And just listening to his answer, knowing what moment my moment is going to bring and give to us, uh, that he's the best one for us to ask. In this moment, God, I am so exhausted. But if you want me to keep fighting, please give me the strength. God, in this moment, I feel so exhausted. (laughs) What do you want me to do in this moment, God? And how do, can you help me rest if that's what you have for me? Because my mind is not cooperating either way. So which, which do you have for me? I want to be obedient even in the hardest of moments when I'm angry, scared, tired. Um, there's a part of me that still wants to obey. So when I ask him those things and, and he shows me what to do, then I know I'm in his will, even though I'm feeling um, either devastatingly low or I could even be really energized by the fact that I've had a good, you know, morning or good afternoon or something like that. So just really staying in communication with the Lord and listening more than talking a lot of the time is something that really, really can help. Stacy, another thing that I was thinking of, I think my mind was even drawn more to this because our one of our daughters ended up having a free weekend and just blessed us by coming home and spending yeah. a couple of days with us. Mm-hmm. When I think about how did we get here, mm-hmm. another just thing that blows me away and amazes me is though our two daughters pretty much walked this entire mental illness journey with us yeah. in many respects. I mean, they were young, young children when we started the reco- when you started the recovery process. Mm-hmm. And at various various places and various stages, they've they've seen all of it. They've they've been a oh, part yeah. of all of it. Still to this day. Yes. And, and so I thought I, I remember thinking through this, thinking, how are our young adult daughters now not only just willing to call us when they need something? But at the same time, engaged in our lives, we love spending time with with them. They they love spending time with us. You know what an incredible blessing that we get to walk and experience. But I was thinking, how did how did that happen? Again, it's not something we can say. Oh, we did these things. Here's the five steps of parenting, because there are no five steps of parenting that we mastered. <laughs> no, we were we were literally hanging on so much of the time for the last 30 years for their lives, hanging on in recovery, hanging on to our marriage, hanging on uh, just to kind of try to keep our family afloat. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I, I was thinking through that and just thinking through you know, the role others have had in their lives, mm-hmm. the roles that the, the churches we've been a part of have had in their lives mm-hmm. in, in building into them a maturity, a depth, a genuine walk with Christ, mm-hmm. and then how they've picked up the ball and run with that these yeah. last, for Shelby, nine years, Riley, six years, they've been mm-hmm. out of our home and either in college or, or establishing their, their careers mm-hmm. and living on their own as young adults. And and those things have continued to develop. Mm-hmm. We've not had to somehow try to manipulate, force, push that. And so again, it's one of those things we say thank you. It's not we can point to anything that we did and say, oh, look at no. us. No, it's it's to point to God and to others and say, thank you for, again, I can't explain how we got here. Yeah. Well, but and, I'm, I'm so thankful we are. Well, and when I look at that, when I think of that, Shelby and I even had a talk a couple of days ago where she, I said, Shelby, do we do want to thank you. We want to thank you for realizing that we don't have it even nearly together. And that's not us just trying to be modest and humble. We're just saying we have needed God every step of the way. And I said, Shelby, 
and I've, I've talked with Riley about this as well, just telling her, thank you for realizing that I, as your mom, just speaking for myself, at a very young age, you realized I didn't have it together, but you didn't just go, well, nobody does, and just kind of uh, walk away from the Lord when you had already learned so much about him, even in a young age, and that you came to him instead of walking away from him. Um, that's just so, so important to us. And um, so once again, I go back to the Lord is my portion. And the girls, um, even in their friendships, relationships, everything, um, I've gotten to learn by watching them, by them saying, by them showing us that they absolutely hold on to the Lord. And if we've modeled that, either, either intentionally or unintentionally, either way, great, great. I mean, I'm just thankful that they have done that. That is not something that you can really teach. It's just something that God has instilled in them, a hunger and thirst for him and his word and community that's been provided by him. So that's just huge. How did we get to that place? Just God's grace and mercy once again. They're teaching me so much just by watching their lives. It's not so much of what they're saying, but it's what they're doing. And whereas my life can kind of stutter, (laughs) their life doesn't seem to be so confusing to watch. And I'm so thankful for that. Another thought that I had when I'm thinking there's no way we should be here where we are at, at, at this point in our lives as individuals, as a couple, as Christians, as friends, relatives, all the things is I feel like you've been the example to me in this, Doug, is that you've had humility in a marriage that has literally been screaming. And, um, I think part of that humility comes from who you are, who God's made you to be. And some of it I think is because you have so many times with my situation, with our situation gone, I have no one to call on to help me through this. Not because people aren't wonderful and everything, but because people didn't, couldn't identify with your role in our marriage and they more than likely didn't have a spouse who could parallel what was going on within our home. And for that, I, it's really hard for me not to be sad and sorry about that for you. I think it's made you lean closer into the Lord because even a lot of your friendships are you encouraging people and you love to do that and you love to listen and and be the person that they can um, lean on. And I feel like there've been times where you've needed that and people haven't been able to identify. So perhaps you've been alone in this journey a lot, but the humility in our marriage that has been so loud, your role started, I feel like in a lot of denial because it was like, how did, what is, what is even going on? And can it be really this bad? And yes, you found that it was, and you've used that to turn into strength that has come from the Lord in leading me, leading our kids, now them taking that strength and leading in their own lives and obeying God. And I feel like that could have gone either way. You always have a choice. We always have a choice. When we lost our son before we had Shelby and Riley, in our marriage, it was in crisis situation, crisis point, because we had to decide, are we staying together Or are we going to let this stress and this hardship and this suffering make us go apart from each other? We, We had that choice. No one was going to make us decide either way. 
And after being married a year and a half and getting pregnant, when we were taking precautions not to because we were such newlyweds. And then for us to get pregnant and lose our son kind of late, um, it was very hard to know what we were going to do in that. But even in that situation and even that moment as you were learning to lead our family, I just feel like even in something that you might have felt weak in, it was turned into um, wholehearted strength and leadership and you didn't stay in the point of denial and that these things that have happened and that continue to happen are just going to go away or fix themselves. That's just not reality. Thank you for saying that, Stacey. I look back and I realize and totally agree we didn't start well in a lot of ways. Right. And, and maybe one of the, the more encouraging things we could share today is that to get from kind of where we were to here necessarily didn't require a good start. I think looking back, we talk about the hard learned lessons and so many of those things came early on, mm-hmm. but, but the denial piece was huge in that. I look at me and think I definitely didn't start strong in this recovery journey. Mm-hmm. I, I fought it. I wrestled with it. I denied it. Um, I, I let you get to the brink of, of absolute like, one more little push and you're off the edge. Mm-hmm. And I kind of pushed us to that edge. And yet at the same time, again, when we come to the end of our rope, when we come to the end of our resources, God has met us there. Mm-hmm. We had a discussion actually the other day with our, our community group, and it was a discussion about the difference between being miserable and being desperate. Mm-hmm. And the difference was pride or surrender. Mm-hmm. And I think for many years I was miserable in this journey because I fought against it. Mm-hmm. And there came a place then where we said, we're going to surrender to it, surrender to God in this. And it, was, it, it wasn't like, oh, we knew more what to do. It was actually a point of desperation. But the desperation was better than the misery mm-hmm. because all of a sudden then it was like we could turn a corner mm-hmm. and we could go a different direction. Yeah. And, and I think the whole, the whole crux of that was laying down my pride, which I think was wrapped up in denial, mm-hmm. or vice versa. Denial was wrapped up in pride, or maybe it's the, how do you separate the two? And saying, one, God, we need you. Mm-hmm. We can't fix this on our own. Mm-hmm. But two, surrendering ourselves to the process of, okay, this means hospitalization for a season. This meant medicine. This meant therapy. This meant really committing wholeheartedly to the recovery journey. And and that's where, Stacy again, you led the way in that. You led the way, I think, because you had to to survive. Mm-hmm. I was late to the game, but I think even late to the game doesn't mean I missed the game. Exactly. And that's where maybe one of the things that we can say has got us here to this day is, is fortunately I was about as late to the game as you could be, but I didn't miss the game. <laughs> One of the things I was thinking about with it also being our anniversary weekend and everything, I was thinking about how different we disagree or fight. <laughs> now, when we got married, I was at a point of being so exhausted before we even got started in our marriage. I didn't have resilience that I felt like was noticeable or that I could even share. I was very nervous and scared a lot of the time of you 
if you got, if we disagreed or anything that you would leave. And so you never did that. And that was just huge to me that you would stay. You've had this real staying power. I always knew from our friends in college and stuff that you were loyal. And we had been friends for a few years before we even started dating. And I can remember some of our first like disagreements when we got married. Um, I would be so afraid that you were going to leave because of my issues with and, and fears of abandonment that I would leave first. And this was the, these were, uh, times before uh, we had cell phones or anything like that, where you could check on me or know where I was when I did leave. And, um, so there would be gaps of time where I would just be gone at the very, very beginning. And then I would come home because even though I had left, you were my safest person, uh, by, you were so my safest person. And so I'm just really thankful to see how that's evolved over the last 30 years to where no one leaves. And that has been a real process. Um, No one leaves. And matter of fact, I don't think we even want to. Um, I feel like it's one of those learning curves that we've gone. We are each other's home base and we want to be together and we want to stay together in this moment, even though we are feeling like shutting down or we are feeling like let's just sweep this under the rug only to know that it's going to get bigger. That that's never worked for us. So the leaving has turned into staying and the staying turned into safety and the safety turned into abiding and the abiding turning into a 30 year marriage that if we're not careful, we'll have different seasons of thriving. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, and I, I love how you said that Stacy. Uh, one of the words you used earlier was the word resilience. And I think any I think any marriage, I think any successful, lengthy venture has to have resilience, no matter what that looks like. For us, resilient the tr- the thing about resilience is that resilience has to grow. It has to be built. Mm-hmm. And I think over time, we have we have just learned resilience in this somehow. God has built it into us. God has has um, deepened us in that. One of the phrases I love, which you use and talk about often, is doing the next right thing. And I think mm-hmm. that when we've found ourselves at places where the line isn't straight, it's taken a curve or it's taken a dip or whatever it looks like, is we just come back to that simple phrase, let's just do the next right thing. Yeah. And that's what somehow brought us back to where, okay, we can start anew. Tomorrow's a new day we can begin again in this recovery process. It's been a long and unavoidable dealing process with mental illness in our lives. That's included mine, Doug's, our girls. But one day and then the next, we are more than here. And no, we shouldn't be at this place that we are in at this point in our lives. And we're not where we want to end up, but we're here. This is exactly where... God is one is to be, and that's the only way for me to get peace is just to surrender in that and go, God, this this wasn't a fairy tale, and it hasn't been, and it won't be. But does it have to be that in order to be amazing? I don't think so. God doesn't need a straight-line story. That's right. And I think that's what uh, we're holding on to. Mm-hmm. And for our listeners, that's what we want to share with you. We didn't want to jump on here today and in any way point, the, point at us and say, look at us. No. 
look at us in a 30-year marriage. It really mm-hmm. was, and hopefully you're hearing that. We're still wrestling with, if you can tell, this idea of how did, how did this not crush us? Mm-hmm. This should have crushed us. We keep coming back to it, but the only answer to that is that God didn't crush us. God God rescued us out of this. And it drew me to this this verse, Stacy, that we've talked about before and have used often, but it's found in Second Corinthians chapter four. And it just says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay. And I would say our marriage is a thirty year treasure, but it's definitely in a jar of clay. Mm-hmm. Meaning that it's a very plain, simple thing. It's nothing that would attract attention. It's nothing worth looking at. But it's for this reason to show that this all surpassing power is from God, it says, and not from us. For we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. And it skips down a few verses in verse 16 of chapter 4. It says, And then therefore we do not lose heart, for though outwardly we, outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Mm-hmm. And I think even Stacy, as inescapable as your mental illness has been, I think the great truth and hope is that if we fix our eyes not on on that, but on the future, on on this promise that there is not only a day but an eternity coming. Mm-hmm or you'll be free of this. That is what gives us hope, and that is what has kept us from being crushed and has let us move forward and to get to where we are today and to look forward to what the future holds. If you're at a really difficult crossroads in your relationships, whether it be marriage or otherwise, um, and there is strife and there is hurt and you feel like it's irreparable, and you're feeling like it possibly won't last, please just let us encourage you in this way that um, we started out very weak as a team, I feel like. Very broken. Very broken. In our own unique ways, but yeah. very broken. Very yes. broken, yeah. In many, many, many ways, I see how God has produced a resilience because of who He is, not because I've gotten so strong or anything like that I feel like on our hardest days is when he shows his resilience but because that can be a word that we even use in our togetherness as the Getzinger family we are so thankful please don't please don't give up please know that you can in this moment turn to the Lord and just say I I literally cannot do this for another day or another moment and he's not only going to meet you there he's already there we don't have to summon him. He's he's already there in that moment. And I have to call on him, or I get to call on him in that way, whether I be in a relationship and a friendship, whether it be with you, Doug, whether it be with a family member, no matter what that looks like, with all the things that my mind screams at me, I can call on him, and he's already there. And I'm so thankful for that. I think that's a great way to wrap this up, Stacy. That's a great truth. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. (laughs) We're so glad to get to celebrate this today together and with you. And we're going to wrap up today for the Speak Out Loud podcast. We would love for you to go and check out our website at speakoutloud.me. 
And there you can learn a lot more about Stacy, about our story, about our journey. You can find out how to access Stacy's book, whether it be in a hardback or actually in a paperback version, a hard copy, I guess, or the audible version. You can learn more about our blogs, about our podcast, about speaking opportunities, about all the things that we get to do. You can connect with us on social media. We'd love for you to like and follow and engage with this podcast. That's a great way you can follow along and just stay in tune with our story. And most importantly, we want our story to point to his story. And that may be the final summation of this whole episode is the only way we can say we got from there to here. Thank you, Stacy. I love you.